So I thought to myself, all right, so after I kind of picked myself up out of this is your reality, what is, what are you going to do about it? And I said, all right, well, if this is my job, I am going to have this not be my job. I'm going to have this be a stepping stone. Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad Siemens. Joining Brad on today's episode of Decision Point is Nicole Junker, an associate broker with Berkshire Hathaway. You know, over the last 20 years, you've had some setback. I know your mom of uh, five, which I think there's a lot of firsts here. So you're definitely the first real estate agent we've had on. You're the first mom of five that I'm aware of. Um, and you're the first person I, I know personally. So this should be fun. You've got me beat because I've got, I've, got, I've got four, which seems like it doesn't seem like a lot until I go to the grocery store. And I see somebody like you where all their kids are in diapers and they're getting out just one at a time and they don't stop. <laughs> just pouring out well, of the minivan. Well, I'm you, except twins came at the end. So then I got to five a little quicker than I ever would have thought. I never thought about oh, it. Oh, man. Were you, were you shocked when you got to, when you had, when the last two were twins? Um, this is true. Well, when you want to talk about my life, I never thought I was going to, I never worried about kids. I never held a kid. They would come to the office and my first job, they'd come to the office and people would bring their baby in after maternity leave. And I was the one that wouldn't even hold it. I didn't care. I didn't, I was like, cool, congratulations. And I'd head right back and keep working. I thought I would live in New York city, have a red couch and a loft apartment. I had no need to have a kid. Didn't hate them. Just didn't need them. Didn't think about it. And so to think this is my life is kind of funny because now I'm the one that they come in and I'm like, oh my God, that's five months, not six months. <laughs> but you just don't know how it's going to work out, I guess. Now, did you have a passion for French or did you just choose that as, as something that would support the international business major? Um, I mean, I took foreign language in, in uh, like middle school, like everybody else did, and then I liked it. And I think probably different minds work different ways, but uh, foreign language to me was I clicked with it and I, I enjoyed it. So I love learning. So uh, that was my, my brain must think that way. And it worked out for me. So I enjoyed it. So, so what do you do when you get out of, when you got out of school, what did, so you sounded like you wanted to go to New York. So do you, do you make it to New York or you get diverted? Well, what happened is growing up, my dad's a police officer, and you may remember this, but in high school, he was the media relations uh, correspondent between Indianapolis Police Department and the news stations. So my dad was on the news every night, updating the local news stations about what was going on with the police department. Yeah, so I would be in some of the environments, like sometimes he would let me come or I'd be around um, that community of people. So I thought I wanted to be a news reporter. So I went to Ball State uh, for telecommunications and I sat in the very front row of class, TCOM 101, day one college, you know, I'm ready to shake hands with a professor. I got a radio show. So this podcast thing's hilarious because this is what we did. Like, this is what we did the first year at Ball State. I found a buddy and we started our own radio station. And I, I don't know. I, I think I got a little bit schooled by the professors talking about the industry. I think we think things going to be one way. And then you realize, hold on a second. Oh, there's actually five news reporters on a station. That's five people in Indianapolis that actually do that job. (laughs) And I'm sitting in a classroom of 300 people. So we all want to do the same thing. What's the plan here? 
So I think I thought, you know what? I don't know that that's the industry that I'm going to go with, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go overseas and do a study abroad. That's when I got going with the French. And then I realized that would fit into the international business major. And through that, I, I really just wanted to work. I wanted to work in corporate America. I wanted to work for a big company. I was putting together like the background I had. And I think we always just think about like what we've been prepared for, what, what we're interested in. I heard um, a mentor told me, um, your calling in life is where your passions meet the world's greatest needs. And that's where you, you have the, the greatest impact. So I just did a lot of soul searching, like how was I uniquely made? What am I personally interested in? And how can I do that on a daily basis and have a fun, enjoyable career that's successful? So I don't know. I just, I had this thing in my head. I wanted to work in corporate America. I wanted to climb the ladder. So I wanted to work for Revlon or L'Oreal, somewhere that had an office in New York and Paris. That's what I had in my mind. And I wanted that red couch I talked about. What's the, was there anything specific around the red couch? No, I just, it just was like a symbol. I think it was just this thing I had, like I would have a loft in New York City with a red couch and then I really arrived. But then, yeah, so then I went and got my very first job. I moved to Columbus, Ohio, and I was... I got in the fashion. I really was interested in fashion retail. Um, that to me was like, uh, I love, I love fashion and, um, to work at a fashion retailer would have been like my ultimate. So Columbus, Ohio is actually uh, a hub for that industry. They've got limited brands, Abercrombie, uh, value cities there, DSW. They had justice limited, all the small brands that they own. So, um, I thought I'm going to get a job with them. Well, I didn't. I went over there and I interviewed for a job and didn't get it. And I ended up working for a freight forwarding company. And that was really humbling because that was not a red couch in New York city. That was like me in a cube. And, you know, I mean, the industry is just not glamorous. I mean, I was literally plugging in FedEx tracking numbers into FedEx website. So do you, so when this is happening, or is there like a, are you like emotionally let down? Oh, I'm like, is this a joke? Because the 22 year old Nicole at, you know, doing the job fair. I mean, I had interviewed with Wrigley and HP and I had said no to a couple jobs and this is where I ended up. Oh Lord, what am I doing here? Um, and you know, it was just really not the, co-worker environment you think you know you're not spurring each other that was just a really rough you know there was just a lot of was it kind of so if you're in the logistics space is it kind of blue collar like you're working in a warehouse no i was working in the office area which was a few cubes popped up in the front of a warehouse okay okay but there is a warehouse connected so you're so you're you're putting the orders in, or you're basically kind of handling we're tracking it. freight we're moving freight for companies so we are um, our clientele was abercrombie and limited and um so this is far from the show this is far from uh the showroom of what you what you expect had expected yeah we're pushing their freight on steamship lines and airlines and trucks and trains now, do you report in in this role? Are you like an are you is so is this a marketing role? This is probably more of an operations role. This right? was called import analyst. Okay. So import titles. analyst means you go to FedEx website and track freight. So every morning I would input where was your container load last night, and I would send over a spreadsheet on Excel to the customers. So I thought to myself, all right. So after I kind of picked myself up out of this is your reality. 
what is, what are you going to do about it? And I said, all right, well, if this is my job, I am going to have this not be my job. I'm going to have this be a stepping stone. So I went to the, um, the owner of the, of the branch, Nadine, and I was like, Nadine, I want to be you. How could I be you? How could I do what you do? Would you bring me to your sales meetings? Um, so she did. She let me come along. And so I got to be like coming along to the meetings with Abercrombie and Limited where they were bidding out a uh, contract for the year. And I was just a fly on the wall and we would exchange cards before the meeting at the table. And then I would go back and I kept their cards in a Rolodex and then I would email them. It was nice to meet you at the meeting. It was great meeting you. Um, is there a time we could have coffee? If anything ever opens up, let me know. I've, I've wanted to work for your company. So I ended up having an interview at Abercrombie and Limited and I ended up moving over. I got offers with both of them and I went to Limited. So about a, a year and a half later, I got, oh my gosh, I, now I've made it. Now I've made it into the company that I really wanted to work for. So, but you know what? Had I not had some experience over at the freight forwarding company, how, how do you know? I just told my daughter this the other day. Well, she cut her hair short. Well, how do you know you, you, you like long hair if you never had it short? I know I love your hair long too, but you never had it short. So how do you really know? I love long hair. How do you really know this is your job if you never had it? Yeah, it's it's so it's easy to connect stuff, and it's it's hard when things are occurring to connect the dots. It's like you can only you know one of the first guests we had in the pod show is a guy named Rob Bell, who's a mental toughness coach, primarily works with PGA Tour golfers, and he says it's so much easier to connect the dots in the rearview mirror. You know, it's hard to connect them when they're happening. Well, we live a lot of our life in transition. This is what I've realized. We're usually not arriving at anything. We're usually on the way to something or the way out of something, no matter what it is, personal or professional. You're pretty much never enjoying the moment. You're planning for the event. The event lasted, you know, three hours, and then you're cleaning up after the event. So if you can't get used to life in transition, if you can't get used to the ride, you're going to have a long life, <laughs> which kind of sucks when you're in the moment. It's never fun to hear, but... But I think I kind of knew that too. I'm like, okay, I know this stinks, but this isn't going to be the end game. So I think that's probably been a theme when you, when, you know, you bring up adversity, like I haven't always lived exactly where I want to be and I'm still not, but you know that you have, when you've seen it work in the past, you know, it's going to keep working. So then you, your faith grows because you've seen it come to fruition and then you know, it will, even though you know, it won't, you know, it will. So, um, that's the other cool thing about getting older, I think, because you you've got some track record to build off of. Now, do you feel do you feel old or do you feel I mean, do you feel like a mom that has five kids? No, no. When the babysitter comes over here and she's maybe 16, I think I'm her. <laughs> and then I realize, oh, my gosh, we're actually not the same age. Oh, man. I, I went to Apple to uh, the Apple store, which is a crazy experience in itself like it was all it was like cult like i was just so confused about what was happening we're in the apple store we're in castleton there's all these people standing around they don't look like they're buying anything i'm with my daughter she's getting ready to go to purdue we're trying to buy a macbook and um i get super fascinated with um on the wall they have these uh, they're like it's like a tile competitor so you put the little thing on your phone so you don't you don't lose your phone or you don't lose your keys or your luggage and apple can track it so i go over the wall and the guy's like hey is that your brother and my daughter's like no that's my dad so that's good that's I mean, really again, good I, yeah that's what we strive for yeah but i definitely don't yeah i definitely don't think yeah i don't same thing i don't i don't i don't feel 
They're going to try to rush you like into some fraternity on moving. Oh, they're, so, they're totally going to try to, they're totally going to try to rush me. That's the way. That's really funny. Um, so, so you, so you make this transition to, so you get, you get into limited and, I, and that's one, th- you know, the one kind of quick takeaway here is like, okay, you quickly established, you weren't where you wanted to be. You created a plan. It sounded like you, you are like, okay, I'm going to get into these meetings. I'm going to put it, pass out my card. I'm going to create a follow-up strategy. I'm going to try to get in front of these guys. I'm trying to get to a different spot. Um, when you came to Nadine, did she, what was her initial reaction when you told her, Hey, I want to be you. I want to be in these meetings with you. She said, shut the door, sit down. I mean, I think when somebody shows initiative, you realize it's not common. Some people show initiative and some people don't. Like I've been told, well, my dad will give me a lot of really good advice, but like, you kind of just have to be normal. You kind of just have to be on time, responsible and consistent. Is it really harder than that in a lot of ways? We live in a world where a lot of people just can't do the basics. So to show, like to rise above the basics, I think really stands out. You know, when your kids can shake a hand or say please and thank you, I mean, oh my gosh, your kids are so good. Are they? They just used manners. <laughs> are they really that good? Yeah, that's really, that's really funny. Your kids are so great. Um, but it stands out, you know. We, the mom, A couple moms and I were just talking about the kids that stand out. You know, you have them over. Oh my gosh, they just asked, how can I, where do I put my plate in the sink? Wow, you just really rose above, creme de la creme. So anyway, she was, no, she she received it well. I mean, I think that um, good leaders want you to succeed. You know, there's, there's probably, because we're human, there's that first initial feeling of threat. Um, but then it's like, okay, like, let's do this. And she was very supportive. And so I always think we could probably all look back in our life with work or personal and you just have cheerleaders. And she was a cheerleader. That's awesome. Yeah, we definitely need, everybody needs a, needs a cheerleader. And, uh, you know, I'm just try to, I'm doing like a quick scan. You know, I, I, it's probably a good exercise to, to, to just periodically kind of stop and think about like, hey, who am I connected to? And who can I, who can I be a cheerleader for? I know part of the podcast, part of the reason why we uh, arrived on this idea of mental toughness or adversity, I mean, it's really adversity, adversity and setback is that I had gone through a really, uh, difficult closing of a business, um, super painful, it was financially, personally. And I had a friend um, who was kind of going through the same thing. And it was really interesting how we get connected. I'm in a CEO group. And one of the guys in the group is a veterinarian. And he said, hey, I had this guy from Crawfordsville come out to my house and put gutter covers on my house. And I just think you guys would be really good friends. And he's about your same age and business is about the same place you are. And I think you should call him. So this guy's name is Adam Reisner. And I call him uh, and left him a message. And he calls me back a couple of days later. And he said, you know, hey, I'm Adam. I didn't want you to think that I didn't get, wasn't going to get back to you or that my guys didn't get me the message. And uh, we met at a Panera and we'll become um, best friends. And what's really, you know, kind of funny, a couple of funny things. One, Scott Hensley, who you probably remember from high school, who was also a good friend of mine. It's actually his cousin. Um, but we will put that together for about 10 years, which will, when we do put it together, it'll be, it'll be funny. But he called me um, pretty much every day. It was like, hey, man, shave your face, you know, get out of bed, keep going. Um, and you got to have those. I mean, he was the cheer, he was a cheerleader in a really important part of my life of getting, you know, just reminded me to get up, 
and uh, do the little things. So yeah, those, those people are so important. Um, so, so you get into limited brands. What, what happens next? So you go like, at what point do you start having kids? And, you know, it sounds like you're not living in Indiana. How do you get back to Indiana? How do you get into real estate? I was living in Columbus, Ohio, which is right next to Ohio state there up Arlington. And kind of, it just started over when I got to limited. Okay. Now I'm the, um, import specialist here analyst specialist manager like let's keep going here well i had got married and right when actually that right when i started limited brands is when i got married so i'd probably worked at the freight forwarder for a couple years at this point it was probably a couple years not shy of that come over to limited i got married like two weeks after i started there um worked for a couple years there and kind of just did the same thing. I told the manager, I have goals. Like I have um, a big goal. I know that I need to enjoy the climb, but I do want you to know where my head's at. So that was good. You know, I was honest and upfront about my career aspirations and those were true. I thought I'm definitely going to have kids. I'm not going to not have kids. I knew I wanted kids in a family. I mean, I grew up in a family with four kids and our family is very close. So I don't, it was never truly like I wasn't going to have kids. I just never really thought about the reality or how that was going to go down. So probably two or three years later, it was like, okay, I think it's probably about the right time to have a kid. Ooh, hold on a second. Do you just go back to work? I guess you just go back to work. Oh my gosh. You have to get a babysitter. You have to not be with your kid. Oh, dang it. I knew this was going to happen. I was going to like the kid and I was going to like my job. So I knew that was going to be an issue, but I didn't really anticipate what kind of issue. So I just went through the pregnancy, kept working, no, you know, whatever. Here comes the baby. I'll talk to the baby when it gets here. Had the baby and did what moms do. Looked at it. Oh my gosh. Cried. Like, I love the baby. Went back to work. And I did all the things moms do, pumping the milk, you know, doing the meetings and um, just, it's like a, it's like a weird, it's like a new thing where you look around the room, everybody did this. Everybody's just cool with this. Everybody just, this is how everybody does it. And I. Did you feel like you were living in an alternate universe? Like you were just trying to. A new thing when you become a parent, you kind of look around the room differently and you're kind of, you just don't know it until you're in it, I guess. You know the amount of work that's going on in your own home. You know that what your body just went through and is still going through. Um, it's a huge reality. It's not just like, oh, you start a family and have kids. I mean, there's so much more to it, physically and emotionally. And uh, I think the world talks about the financial implication of having kids, but um, there's a lot more to it, especially, I think, for women. So I went back to work. And I got logical, not emotional. I'm doing it. This is what I'm doing. This is how you do it. So um, we set up childcare with family and friends. And then I would like get the photo on my cell phone and be like, oh, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? So I said, I'll, I don't know. I was too scared to walk away from work because I didn't know how I was going to get back in or when or at what capacity. And I didn't want to leave that job because I had got. I was doing that. I mean, it was great. I was traveling around the world doing factory audits in different countries. And I mean, so are you trapped? So you're traveling, you have a bit, ba- you have your, your baby. What are all the kids names? Um, at the time I was probably either before Austin pregnant with Austin or had Austin. He's the oldest one. And then he, and then I was like, you know what, if I have another baby, I'll probably 
I'll stay home. That's what I'll do. If another baby came, I would do it. We'll see what happens. Well, then I had another baby 18 months later. Genevieve, go on the maternity leave. Can't quit the job. Call my boss on like the last day of maternity. It's me. I'm going to say words I can't say. I can't even say them. You say them. She said, you're fine, Nicole. Just stay home. It's okay. Like, so I said, all right. So I parted ways at that time when I had the second baby. Okay. So then I had the second baby. Then I was like, okay, well, my personality type is like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. So if I'm home, here's the plan. We are going on full-time mom. I knew what it was like to sit in my cube life and do that and cry eight hours and not be with my kids. And now I, that wasn't my life. And I also knew what it's like to work a full-time job. So if I, if that's not my job and mom's my job, I'm going to do my job. So, I mean, we pretty much just, I kind of went deep dive into mom life and I loved it. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I got up and I started what you would do as a mom, I guess. I took care of the kids and I did. I sat on the floor and did the puzzles and called friends over and took them to the library story time. I did all the, I, I approached it like a job pretty much. This is my, my role. This is my career right now. Not really knowing what was going to be next. So you're, you're a force. So, so what's, so, so I feel like we're sort of marching towards, uh, I, I don't know, but it feels like we're sort of marching towards a climax here. So what, what's next? My husband at the time and I had flipped houses. So we also had bought a fixer upper. He is engineering, so he could do the work and design and I would do the design. And then I thought, what are we doing? Like I'll, I'll do the designing and the selling, you know, you can do the work and, um, the trade. So I actually, I forgot this. I went back into real estate classes at night when I was pregnant with the first baby. I went, I said, I'm going to get my license and now's the time to do it. So I would go to work and then I came home and sat for all the real estate classes at night when I was pregnant with the first baby. Cause we were working toward maybe both quitting jobs and just doing house. Did, did you have any, so prior to you getting into kind of flipping the houses and your stay at home mom, you've got the first kid. Is there any are you struggling with like, I know a lot of moms when they stay at home, they feel like they've lost their, their value in the workplace. Uh, and I think vice versa, right? So moms that stay at home want to work and moms at work want to stay at home. Did you feel that tension? Oh yeah, it's pretty real. I mean, you go from being important in a different way to important in a totally different way. And it's not being home with kids is, I mean, I loved it actually, but there's not the notoriety. There's not the um, camaraderie. There's not, no one's saying good job. You know, it's a lot of giving. I mean, you're literally a full-time caregiver and that's a thankless job to a large extent. So you have to kind of, there's a lot of mental game with staying home with kids. There's a lot of talking yourself through it because it's not shiny. It is not shiny. And talk about getting some washing your hair and putting some makeup on. I mean, you got it. You, what's your drill? What is your plan? Because if not, you will, I mean, you'll kind of, you'll slow down. You'll have some mental health trouble and it's not glamorous. So I do think that that full-time caregiver of any kind, but especially with young kids is it's a, it doesn't get enough credit probably. Did you find, was there like a talk track that you'd have to like coach your, yourself through every day to, I think as a, as a dad, you don't think about the implications or maybe what, what your spouse is dealing with as a stay-at-home mom. So I'm curious. Um, there's a lot of mantras. I probably, I think people tell themselves without even knowing that they tell themselves, but 
Um, there's probably some tangible things I did. Like I, I would start running. I was running. I would run a half marathon after I had each kid. Like, and I would. Oh, really? That's fascinating. I would get up, feed that baby, whatever the time was that they woke up at the five. I mean, I, there was a time I went out and ran seven miles when uh, the stars were still out because it was 4 a.m. And I knew if I didn't do it then, I wasn't ever going to get it in. I mean, I, I'm kind of a goer. <laughs> No, 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 for sure. I know, I know that about you. You know, you're, you're, a, you're a force for sure. Um, so anyway, so then I took the real estate classes when I had the first baby, but then I just thought, what am I actually doing? Like, how's this going to go down? I, I just, I kind of listened to the naysayers and I kind of just looked at the reality and thought about the reality. Like, I don't think it works to have a little baby and be doing this kind of job in the way I think I'm going to be doing it. And I said, you know what, there is a time for everything and it is not my time. My time right now is to be home with these kids. So it's just not the right time. I need to put that on the back burner. I like, I want to do it, but it's just not time. It's not my time to shine. And if I keep putting myself in the equation at this point in my life, I'm not going to do anything well. I'm always going to be, I don't know if you're allowed to curse on this, bitchy. I'm always going to be in a bad mood. I'm always going to, you know, it's just not, I can't put myself first right now. And I realized if there's, I may be able to do one thing for myself that day. And if that was going on a 20 minute run, that's all I did. That's it. But right now, young kids, it's, I mean, you can't say not now you have to say yes. So I just knew it wasn't my time to shine. It wasn't my time to have a job. It wasn't my time to think I had a job and try to do it on the side. And it wasn't fair to the the mission of me being home. No, do, do you, do you feel like you were, were you, con- so you obviously kind of have clarity on these experiences. Were you that clear when they were happening? Were you able to be like, okay, Hey, th- you know, I want to do this, but I'm going to park this. No, I learned it along the way. Like, I think I learned it as I went, like for a while, I really relied on my husband to like, allow me to, the freedoms. Oh, I want to get a, I want to get this in, or I want to do that. And so I would be really upset with him. Like, well, you're not home, so I can't do this. And he would say, figure it out. Then you need to figure it out. And it took a long time for me to figure that he's right. I cannot. And then I learned once I let go of, I can rely on him for anything. And I just relied on myself. Then I, I wasn't upset with anybody. I wasn't blaming anybody. I didn't have that tension. I just said, okay, this is my life. These kids are, this is my day. I need to figure it out. And that's when I would just own the time that I could do things and not rely on. Um, yeah, actually, I told a friend that the other day. I think all you need to do when you have young kids for this is advice for a man. She's not going to want it. She's going to think she doesn't need it. But set up 90 minutes, maybe two hours if you're crazy. Once a week where you hire a babysitter, it's the girl down the street or whatever. Every you know Monday from 2 to 4 or Friday from 9 to 11, whatever it is, and just set it up and pay for it. It will go dividends. <laughs> All right, guys, anybody out there with young kids, 90, 90 minutes, that's a good, that's a good takeaway. Well, I think as a mom, you know, they're just as a parent, I mean, parents, parent is all in, right? And you got to really think about, um, you know, I came, I've come out of, a, I was looking on my phone over the weekend and there was a period of time where um, we play, me and the kids would play a lot of golf. And so uh, no mom ever told i've not heard any any uh any mother or any wife that was mad at her husband for taking the kids out of the house for three hours to go play golf with them um if you go by yourself they don't like that but if you take the kids with you that's like that's that's a true that's awesome right 
So I was looking back on my phone and we just have tons and tons of pictures of us playing golf. And it just reminded me, um, I think COVID sort of should have maybe sped that up, but I think it slowed it down. And I was just thinking to myself, man, how important it is to be intentional, to take the times with your kids to be, um, to go out and do stuff, whether it's golf or basketball. And I, and I'm very active, um, with the, with my kids, uh, in terms of being in their sports and all their extracurricular activities, but outside of that, right. Not like taking specific time to go out and be, um, be a part, part of their lives. I, I think that's important. So. And that'll do it for the first half of this interview with Nicole Junker. Stay tuned for the brand new episode coming with part two of this interview talking about living through transition. As always, uh, if you want more information on the podcast, go to monsterconnect.com forward slash podcast. Uh, You can get last season's, uh, last year's episodes. You can get all the new episodes for this year. And as always, remember, don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can. Until next time.